also with my family was, are they going to believe me? No one's going to believe me. You know, nobody's going to believe that, that this happened. I had to make sure that when I hit those roadblocks and I hit uh, those challenges, that it was still okay for me to stand in my truth, no matter what. No matter what response I got, no, no matter who didn't believe me, no matter who didn't accept what was going on or what went on, it didn't matter. It, what mattered was that I told my, my story and I stayed in it and, and I stood in my truth. I am just a girl passionate about breaking old generational cycles so that I can create a better legacy for my children. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Butterfly Effect, Breaking Old Generational Cycles. Today, I am speaking to Joy Nettie. Joy Nettie is a trauma coach and a speaker, and she specializes with women who have experienced sexual abuse. Joy, I'm so excited to have you today and so glad you were able to join me in speaking to breaking old generational cycles. Thank you so much for having me. I definitely appreciate the invite to be able to share my story and and speak with you today. Awesome. Well, I know this is going to be insightful. Joy Nettie, what do you think of when you hear the phrase breaking old generational cycles? It kind of takes takes me back to my personal experience with family and the way you're raised and the expectations of your family, of what they expect of you and what they expect you to follow. I would say rules. Some families have this expectation that you're to follow exactly what they, they have done. And But for me, where I grew up in a home that was very strict, I grew up with my grandmother that raised me. And she definitely had her own rules. And uh, it was like, one of her favorite phrases was like, my way or the highway. So when I think of that, I think of, for me, I try my best with my family that I have, with my son and other relatives that I have. I try my best to make sure I break that, where I feel like everyone should have their own opinions and everyone should have their own feelings and things should be spoken about more. I was raised where a lot of things were unspoken in the home. Uh, you, you can't speak about this. You can't speak about sex. You can't speak about... It was very limited to what you could talk about. Growing up with my trauma and the things that I've been through, I think that that was a big missing piece for me where I was afraid to even speak about it. So I felt like this is something I need to break. With my son, I make sure we have the biggest conversations. We talk about things that are uncomfortable. And I always want my son to know that any conversation can be brought to me. So I feel like that is definitely one of the biggest things that I would like to break in my family that was passed on through generations, because it's still very hard for a lot of my family members to speak about difficult things. And I'm the one that kind of sticks out and I'm just like, no, we need to talk about this, (laughs) you know, but that's my thought process when I hear that. 
So what I'm hearing is that you're the cycle breaker in your family. Right. Yes, yes, definitely. And I'm the youngest. So I feel like, okay, I guess it's, it's for me to do it. Hey, the cycle breaker, there is no age limit to the cycle breaker. I strongly believe that the cycle breaker is the one that was just given that job from a soul's level. So what I'm hearing also is that the cycle that you are breaking is giving your son and giving yourself a voice. Yes, that is correct. Yes, absolutely. And one of the things about that is so many people who have experienced traumas, especially sexual traumas, came from environments where they didn't feel like they had a voice. So the secrecy and the silence allowed that abuse to continue and to even move from generation to generation. Oh, yes, definitely. Say that's true for your family. Yes, I, I totally agree. A lot of things that we've experienced in my home were not spoken about. And it was definitely something like, like you said, almost kind of like a secret. Like it was just, you don't speak about these things. And a part of my experience was, I also was afraid to to speak about it. As a child, when you I was growing up, my parents, they were on drugs. Uh, so I did not grow up in a home with my mother and father. I grew up with my grandmother and she was kind of a bit of an alcoholic which I don't want to ever take away from anything where she raised me very well, you know, um, and did the best that she could with what she had to offer us. But with that being said, it was a sense of fear in me to where I always had a fear of saying something happened to me, or I was afraid to say this was going on, or I was, you know, I didn't want to get in trouble for it and thought it was kind of like my fault. So I didn't want to tell and I didn't want to get in trouble. You know, it was that sense of fear. And and that's what I want to focus with breaking, because I think that that played a big part in it. I think if I had that stability of feeling comfortable with going to say, this is happening to me, probably wouldn't have happened for so long, or it may not have even happened in the first place. I really don't know. But I think that's a big problem where families tend to keep things secretive and they don't want to discuss certain things. And I think that that's one of the biggest problems that, that a lot of families go through. And, and it's pretty unfortunate because so many things can be solved with just a simple conversation sometimes. That's powerful. That last phrase you just said, so many things can be solved with just a conversation. That goes back to the voice and having a voice and being allowed to express your feelings, your emotions, what's going on, and knowing that what's happening was not your fault. There are so many mm -hmm. people who are experiencing a level of abuse, whether it be sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, and they feel like that is their fault they also have that fear of speaking out, as you mentioned. And so what would you tell someone who is experiencing that right now and feeling like it's their fault or feeling the fear behind using their voice? 
Oh gosh, um, I definitely would explain to this person that it's definitely not their fault. Um, and that's such a hard thing to get to someone's mental state um, when they're in the middle of experiencing something like this, because it's definitely something that we don't understand while it's happening. I think that is the biggest key to try to get to the person to understand that you do have a voice. What is going on with you definitely matters. Uh, a lot of people feel like they don't matter. Like whatever they're experiencing at that moment is not a big deal or it, it, no one's going to care about it. I think to teach love is very important. When someone knows that they have someone that cares about them and it cares about what they're experiencing and wants to, to hear what's going on. A lot of people just want to be heard and some people they experience where someone has something to say and, and it's shunned off, like, oh, that doesn't matter right now, or that's not a big deal or something like that, you know, and then that makes the person shut down and they don't actually share exactly what's going on anymore. That's a really big thing, but I would definitely try my best to let this person know that, yes, you have a voice, you deserve to be heard. This is not your fault. Things that happen to us sometimes, it's definitely out of our control, but it's definitely not our fault. I've grown to understand with my abuse that these abusers, they have something going on with them. And you know how they say hurt people hurt people, but most of the time they've experienced some type of trauma or something like that in their lives and has never gotten any attention to it, which doesn't give an excuse for it, but definitely it's not the person's fault. Um, and I think that's the hardest task is to explain that to the person that's experiencing the trauma at the moment. That's a hard thing to come out of while you're in the middle of it. It also depends on the level of abuse of what's going on. Sometimes you definitely need to seek help with a doctor or therapist, psychiatrist. Um, but it sometimes takes a very long time for anyone to even get to those steps. Um, I know personally for me, it did. It took me to get into my adult years where I seeked help because these things, they don't go away. We try to bury them and, and hide them and they definitely show back up in life. Absolutely. Professional help is important. Our culture sometimes shy away from that for the very reasons you mentioned earlier about the secrecy and the, the silence and keeping the business inside the household. But oh, yeah. sometimes that business is rotten business and it needs, right. it needs to be exposed <laughs> and you need additional support. You know, you said a lot of things in that moment there, you talked about the confusion because there is definitely confusion around what's happening to us. And I say us because I was a victim of child sexual molestation growing up and there was mm -hmm. certainly confusion around it. And in the moment, you don't even recognize that you're going through something traumatic and it's not until we get to a place where cognitively or emotional intelligence can make sense of what happened to us that we start to feel the effects of that trauma. And That's right. Yes, I agree. Then most people that I speak to about sexual trauma, they will tell me that as they were going through this horrible thing, they didn't even know it was a horrible thing. 
there was a level of their being that felt uncomfortable or knew that there was something wrong, but you don't know it's trauma while you're going through the trauma. Most of the time, it's when you're removed from that or when your emotional intelligence catches up with that trauma and recognizes it as a trauma. That's when typically the work starts. Yes, absolutely. That is very much true. Mm -hmm. And and the other thing you said was, and you said it plenty, and I want to echo it plenty, it is not your fault. It was not your fault. It was not my fault. And it's not the fault of the listener who have experienced sexual abuse. Because here's the thing that you said that hurt people hurt people. But you know what I think too? Hurt people can also help to heal people. That's right. I agree. Definitely. I believe that you can make that choice. Sometimes it's a hard choice to make. Sometimes it's challenging to even to sit here and acknowledge that, you know, we were sexually abused or sexually molested, especially acknowledge that when we were taught to be silent, we were taught to be quiet about it, or it was never acknowledged and people brushed it off like it wasn't a big deal. Hurt people hurt people, yes, but for God's sakes, can we shift the trajectory and can some hurt people heal some people? That's right. Absolutely. That's what I kind of feel about it as well. That's what made me get into this coaching and trying to help women with uh, trauma and sexual abuse because I felt to myself, you know, although I'm at this stage in my life where I can forgive and, and I've learned forgiveness and things like that, I just feel like it's very hard to tell someone in that moment of hurt, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason, right? So for me, it took me a very long time to think to myself, what can I do with this that I've experienced? You know, like, I know that I've been allowed to heal and healing is a process. And I think that it's an everyday process. Also, we learn every day and, and learn how to better ourselves every day. But I also felt like I need to share this. I need to help someone else with this pain that I've experienced because I know I hear about it so often, but, and then you don't. The uh, community where I've grown up, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and this is kind of not spoken of, you know, you don't, you don't hear about it, but you know, this is going on. This is happening. This is, uh, people are experiencing these things. And I said to myself, well, I need to be able to share this and help others. And that's the, the feeling that brought me to this. You know, I just felt like I don't want to take this hurt and bury it. And, and I don't want to take this hurt and definitely not hurt anyone else. So I figured this is something that I want to do. And this is something that I want to use to, to help other people. And I, so I definitely agree with, with what you were saying. So Joy, what was that defining moment that made you realize that you needed to break this cycle? Uh, so for for me, with my personal experience, it was definitely in my adult life where I experienced the divorce and um, I relocated from New York to North Carolina. And I was going through a heavy, heavy depression with anxiety and things like that. And 
I am actually from the medical field background. I've been in the medical field for a very, very long time, about 15 years or more. So for me, I always felt like, you know, I don't need therapy. I don't need any help. I, I don't need anything. Um, I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm always the person that's kind of like what they say, the caregiver. So I'm always trying to take care of everyone else. And while my life was kind of falling apart there, I'm going to say, I just felt like I didn't need to do anything about it. Like, I just felt like, uh, you know, this is, this is something I can get through. I'll just, you know, keep going, keep pushing, keep going to work, keep doing this, keep doing that. And just never took care of anything. And I hit kind of a, a wall where I said to myself, all right, I need some help, you know? And, and I think that was the biggest moment for me where I said, I have to go get some help because something is not right. You don't wake up every day and cry and not know why. And one of the biggest things I remember in a therapy session was she asked me, she goes, why do you feel like you don't need to take care of yourself? And why do you feel like the things that you've experienced doesn't kind of matter? Like she, she couldn't understand why it took me so long. It was such a battle for me to get to therapy. My answer to her was, it was just, all I could think of was, well, there's people in the world that it's experiencing way more than me. You know, I feel like I don't want to complain about the things that I've been through. I, I feel like it's not something that I need to dwell on. And from that answer, me actually answering that question and hearing myself say it was such a big uh, eye opener for me. When I went home and I was reading and going over my notes and I, I, I realized, okay, this is a problem. This is something that I need to take care of. And this, even with my, my childhood, I've never discussed, all of my family never knew that I even went through sexual abuse. Um, I never discussed it. I realized, my goodness, this has been following me throughout my life, you know, and maybe this is the reason why I pick the men that I pick, or I accept the things that I accept from men. And, and it all kind of trickled down for me. And that was the biggest moment I had. And, and that's when I knew, okay, this is something that I have to, I have to fix and I have to start healing and I have to start getting myself some time to myself and stop taking care of everyone else. You know, I needed to nurture myself. And I think that's um, a huge thing for a lot of people that, that goes through pain and trauma. We tend to not take care of ourselves. Uh, we tend to make sure, you know, everybody else is okay, or just push whatever hurt we had to the side. And, and it's, it's important to acknowledge what we've experienced, what kind of hurt and things like that, that we've been through. It definitely follows us. That was the biggest thing for me, for me to uh, understand that I'm not taking care of myself mentally and I, I'm not healthy. I had to give into it, you know, and I didn't want to. I just felt, felt like if I could get up and go to work every day and take care of home and come home and cook dinner and make sure my son is okay, then I'm fine. But that was not true. <laughs> that was not true. Thank you so much for sharing that vulnerably and openly. And you're so right. When we have these hurt, we we push them down and suppress them because part of what the story that we've told ourselves like you did is that I don't really matter because other people are having bigger issues in the world and you push yourself to the back burner. And typically we do that because that's what we were taught. When you went to speak about it and someone from a younger age brushed you off, they sent a very powerful message to your subconscious mind that you didn't matter. 
and it took you going through depression and seeking that professional help and hearing yourself saying you didn't matter. You know, yes, you might not have used those words, but as soon as you said there are other people having bigger issues than mine, you're then discounting yourself. And we do that a lot in life, even when it's not tied to our personal traumas, but it's it's what we were taught is what is embedded in our subconscious mind. Now, based on the work I do, that's what I work with people from a subconscious level to help them to find those things that's holding them hostage so that they can release it. And so that they can know they're worthy and they're deserving and they're enough because traumas can have us thinking the opposite. Traumas can have us, yes, traumas can have us going around just really feeling defeated. And what you explained was an autopilot. Yeah, I'm just going to be a good mom and take care of my household, cook dinner, go to work, go home and repeat, be a good mom, Mm -hmm. cook dinner. You know what I mean? And oh, yes. That is not life. That is right. not life at all. That is survival. It's very true. <laughs> that is survival. So I want to celebrate you for having that defining moment where you were able to shift out of survival and acknowledge yourself as worthy, acknowledge yourself as having a voice. And even more importantly, is helping other women and giving other women the opportunity to have a voice. That's huge, you know. Thank you. Thank you so much. Tell us, what are some of those challenges or roadblocks that you have experienced as the cycle breaker in your family? I think the challenges, the fear also with my family was, are they going to believe me? no one's going to believe me, you know, nobody's going to believe that, that this happened. And that was the main challenge where I kind of said, well, I also don't want to hurt anyone. That again, <laughs> me putting everybody before me, I felt like I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings that this happened because this was such a close family friend that I, I don't want to make anyone else feel bad that this happened because this was their friend or this person was so close to the family. And, you know, I just kind of always made the excuse for something else to not protect myself. I had to learn that it's okay for me to tell my truth. I had to make sure that when I hit those roadblocks and I hit uh, those challenges, that it was still okay for me to stand in my truth, no matter what. No matter what response I got, no, no matter who didn't believe me, no matter who didn't accept what was going on or what went on, it didn't matter. It, what mattered was that I told my story and I stayed in it and and I stood in my truth. So those were the challenges that, that I used to hit where uh, I would stop and say, well, no, I don't want to really say it because I don't think someone's going to believe me or I don't want to hurt this person's feelings or, you know, it always was something where I wasn't taking care of me. I still wanted to protect other people from, from what has happened to me. And I, I see that a lot when I speak with people, and, but I feel like I don't want to complain. You know, I don't, I don't want to sit here and talk about my problems. <laughs> I don't want to complain. I don't want to be the complainer. So that goes back to 
not knowing that you matter, you know, and that you have a self-worth, like you you are worthy to to be able to express yourself and tell your story as well. Uh, and also get the right people around you in your life that will accept you for who you are. You shouldn't have to walk around and pretend like everything is perfect or nothing has ever happened to you. That was a big thing as well for me to figure out who my friends were and, and what family I could definitely rely on. And, and I love all that you said, because that is a part of your truth. The part of the truth with us when we're trying to break a cycle, especially when it comes, I felt guilty and I wasn't sure if someone would think it was my fault. And the other piece was the shame and guilt and blame that we take on when it's not even our fault in the first place. We should not even have been put in that place where we're having to decode these types of things. As a child, we needed to be left alone to be a child. And so I I understand that so much. And those types of internal challenges can be even harder to overcome, you know, because it's the coding and the programming for many years of feeling like you're not deserving or feeling like you're unworthy or hearing those chatters in your head from growing up. So I'm so happy that you've moved past that. And even, you know, when I say move past it, I I just want listeners to know that healing is a journey. When we've gone through these things, traumas and such as abuse, such as sexual abuse, it's not something that just walk out of our life. It is a part of the emotions and the memories and the imprints. But we learn how to remind ourselves that we're not the past and the past is behind us. We also learn techniques, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, definitely. I definitely agree. (laughs) Absolutely. We also learn techniques on how to acknowledge when our nervous system gets triggered and these feelings of unworthiness start to surface. And we quickly, Mm -hmm. before it starts to cycle and take us down the emotional rabbit hole, so to speak. So, you know, I, I applaud you. I applaud you for stepping into that role, stepping into your truth, speaking up whether or not they want to believe it, finding the courage to go to therapy that many of us don't do to seek professional help. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. It definitely uh, was a long road to getting there. And, And like I said before, I'm still a work in progress. I'm still healing and still taking care of myself and still learning myself. I took some time out to not date and uh, stay away from a relationship for a while and learn who I am. It, it took a lot for me to get there, but I'm so thankful for everything that I have experienced because mm-hmm. I feel like it's a part of my life journey. I never want to be in a bitter state of anything that I go through, even when it's hard for me to, to, to go through it. I know there's a lesson there for me somewhere. And and I've learned to appreciate that part where I know there is something here for me to learn 
And that's the part that I try to look for and get out of it because I've learned that, you know, there's, it's never going to be a straight road. It's always, I, I believe we're here to learn. And sometimes this is the way we learn. Some people they're like, oh gosh, you know, my life is not like this person's life. I think this is how our soul grows and, and, and this is the experiences that we need. I used to question these things, <laughs> you know, and that's what kind of got me to realize this is what's going on. But I used to question these things like, why didn't I grow up like this? Or why didn't I grow up rich? Or why, why didn't I grow up with a perfect life like this person? Not knowing that nothing is perfect. You just see right. things and, and, <laughs> and think that this person, they can't be experiencing anything like what I'm experiencing. You, you start to learn things with the experiences that you go through, but it, it definitely gets tough. And I'm not saying that it's, it's something where I'm just like, oh yeah, great. I went through this and this is you know perfect. It, it gets hard sometimes, but I definitely have learned to know that, okay, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. Um, I'm still a work in process. And, and, and this is life, you know, this is, this is always going to be sort of a bump in the road, but we have to learn how to be able to take care of ourselves while we go through it. Listen, healing is a journey. Mm -hmm. It's not linear. Life is a journey. Sometimes we take a roundabout way to get to the place that we were coming from in the first place, because that's where our answers were all along. But that's just life. And it's a wonderful thing when we're able to recognize that we are a unique person, you know, those people who we think they have this perfect life and then you have a conversation with them and you, you're like, oh, M G. (laughs) That's right. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. Because Mm -hmm. what we see from the outside is um, what people tend to show us. We have all worn the mask so that we can live in autopilot and try to avoid the deep hurt and pain from our past. You know, I say we have all, and I don't want to generalize for people, but many of us often times we have worn that mask, right? Oh yes. Oh, definitely. You know, there are many listeners out there that are working on breaking the cycle, whether they're new to it or they just know that they're the cycle breaker. They just know that they're the ones that's going to make a difference and build a different legacy. What are a few advice or what I call my gems for my listeners? What are the gems do you have for any of those listeners who are working on breaking the cycle right now? I would definitely just say to always follow your gut. Uh, follow your heart and and don't second guess it because for me, I always knew that I was a little different and (laughs) I always felt it. You know, I always felt, okay, I'm a little different from everybody else and I want different things. You know, I I just wanted different things than everybody else in the family. Wanted to even live differently. And and I just always knew, but I didn't know that it was going to be with my personal experiences, you know, I I always thought it was something totally different. I had no idea what it was, but as I became older and I started to trust in myself, I even second guess some things, you know, of course, where I I tend to be an overthinker sometimes. 
I always had to go back to that feeling of, okay, let me regroup and let me get back to how I'm feeling inside and what do I really trust and and what do I really feel is what's best. So I definitely would recommend go with your feelings in your heart and what you feel is is true and don't let anyone deter you from that. You know, everybody's going to have their opinions and, and their ideas of what they feel you should do, but what do you feel like you should be doing? And I think that's what we need to follow and trust in it and don't be afraid. Sometimes that fear comes and you want to second guess, okay, am I really supposed to be doing this or should I really do this? It, which is natural and which is normal, of course. But don't be afraid of, of what you really feel. And when your heart is genuine, I feel like that's the right path. I absolutely love that. I encourage people to do all the time is trust that inner compass, trust mm-hmm. your inner guidance, trust your intuitions, trust your spiritual guidance. I think many of us, sometimes we abandon our spiritual guidance and I'm speaking spirituality from the inside, not an external spiritual being, but your internal spirituality. We abandon trusting that because of some of the traumas we have experienced, but it is still our guiding post and it is still there for us. That's a wonderful gem to share is to trust your gut, listen to it. If it says you're on the right path, you're on the right path. If it Mm -hmm. says gear off that path, then gear off that path. And that's right. (laughs) Yes. And I love that you trust your unique abilities, that you trust that you knew you were different. You Mm -hmm. you're unique. You stood out among everything that was going on. One of the things you said earlier that I loved was when you said I moved, you moved away from New York and you moved to North Carolina and that stood out Mm -hmm. to me. And I, I didn't want to end our conversations without acknowledging that sometimes we have to leave the environment that triggers us. That's sometimes, right. Absolutely. Sometimes we have to physically remove ourselves because if we keep going into the room, staying in that space, That's a constant reminder of the traumas that we carry. It is going to be very difficult to heal. I agree. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. I applaud you for that. This has been a wonderful conversation. And I know that we're going to have many more conversations to come. This work that you're doing, the fact that you chose to not be the hurt person that hurt others, but the hurt person that recognize their their uniqueness, that recognize that they're still perfect, whole, and complete on a soul's level, and can, in fact, help other women to feel perfect, whole, and complete. You share a passion of mine, and my passion is to be that cycle breaker, to help other women to know that they too can break the cycle. And so I know we're going to have many more conversations. I know that's great. (laughs) I know we are. 
So I want to thank you so much for being here today, for showing up, both of us not even feeling 100%. <laughs> and, yet, yes. and yet we recognize the importance to still have this conversation. Because, Absolutely. yes, because at the core, sometimes it's when we don't feel like showing up, we need to show up, you know. Oh, yes. I definitely, uh, that was one of my biggest thoughts. I felt like, well, I'm not feeling my best. Maybe I should have, then, then I, I kicked myself and I said, nope, that's it. Don't, don't start thinking this way. <laughs> you know, yes. This is the time to do it. <laughs> I felt so. the same. I was like, listen, <laughs> when we, we can show up and, and, you know, it's not about mm-hmm. not taking care of ourselves, but you know, when we have to show up, sometimes we just have to show up. And That's right. because there are people out there, there'll be one person, one listener that will get from this what they need to have a voice. That's my hope. It's always my, uh, my, my hope and my wish that mm-hmm. if I can just touch one person with something that brings me so much joy, that would be the best thing that we could get from it (laughs) absolutely for for me Mm -hmm. so thank you so much joy netty for showing up today and sharing with us your job of breaking the cycle of breaking old generational cycles of silence and um helping others to have a voice using your voice today and showing people that they matter and their voice matters i applaud you i appreciate you Thank you for being uniquely you, my sister. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate this opportunity and being able to share. And I want my listeners to know that in the end, I want you to be inspired to break free from the old constructs of the past and create a new legacy. 